0: Blob Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Neidhart, and you have reached Venus Unplugged. Now, hopefully, all my, uh, I guess, uh, computer issues have been resolved so I can start communicating on a regular basis here. It's just been crazy the last couple of months. But... Such as it is, such as it is. So we are, we are what we do here, here at Venus Unplugged. We explore all levels of the Venusian uh, archetype, Venus, beauty, and seduction, and myth, and dream, and anima, animus, all uh, things Venusian, Uh, which is basically uh, Eros, which is the connecting factor for everything. So the the archetype of Venus is, is also very much in terms of its profundity, like Mercurius uh, is in alchemy. It, it winds up being just about everything. So we are looking at the story, the myth of Persephone, which is... Uh, Also, chose it at this time because we are all going into the underworld. Uh, It is becoming winter. It is a time that we go within. Uh, We have uh, well this week in particular so much to be thankful for and festivities of of uh, food and friends. And I love that they now a lot of people are starting to do uh, friendsgiving, which is kind of Thanksgiving. Friends that you choose family's comic and uh, not everybody is up for uh, a comic uh, dinner so uh, kind of they can do it with their friends too which is fabulous now why Persephone and what is she and who is she to you both in the male and in the female see very often the Persephone aspect of ourselves and the you know the more I which is what I love about myth. I adore about all of this. So each time you read it or go over it or work with it or let it kind of cook inside of you, right, it bubbles up and you see another aspect of it. It's like, oh, look at that. Isn't that amazing? Right. So Persephone, um, just to remind everybody, uh, is uh, about seven years old, and she's abducted into the underworld by her uncle Hades, uh, or Pluto. And uh, so she's in the underworld. Her mother freaks out and starts looking for her, can't find her, and she goes through a whole transformational journey. And then uh, a deal is brokered, brokered between Hecate, which would be her grandmother, and Zeus, which is actually her father. Uh, and Hades is, is the brother. So we got a whole family affair going on here. Um, and they broke her a deal, and she can come up from the underworld for uh, a period of time. So this is how the ancients also described the seasons, but it's also the seasons of psyche, the seasons of the unconscious. We have periods where we're just kind of more attuned to the unconscious, Seems to be a lot of that going on right now. We're very attuned to the collective unconscious and the shadow aspects. And if we can kind of hold on to that energy and those fantasies and kind of take them in as our own and say, Where is this in me? Or even if we can't get that far, which takes a lot of psychic strength and courage. Uh, not to project. There's so much projection going on, which in one way is fantastic because if we have an object to project onto or a person or an event, whatever it might be, if we can just kind of watch those words, kind of like, you know, how Star Wars started, dun, dun, when you're going out in the universe, uh, and just you see your words, and that, that's your projections. Those are the things. And you can't help but project, because that's what psyche does. Everything. And there's something called the ancestral unconscious, and I think this myth has a lot to do with that, too, So we've got our own unconscious, we've got the collective unconscious, and part of the collective unconscious is the ancestral unconscious. We can also look at that uh, on another level as karmic patterns. Uh, We are our own ancestors, in, in a sense. So we can be experiencing a journey or attitude or a belief system that actually is not true of our own being. We've absorbed it from um, the ancestors. Now, sometimes it can be an excellent pattern, which we should really pay attention to, like respecting the earth and loving the trees and seeing the wisdom of it all. It's taken billions and billions of years to develop uh, this earth. Uh, And uh, in the last... Hundred of years, we've kind of starting to undo that, which is not something the ancestors would go for. And also, this Thanksgiving is also an ancestral holiday or holiday. Um, one, th- I was just thinking of what this one Thanksgiving dinner I went to; it was marvelous. And they, the, the appetizers, they made uh, American Indian uh, foods. These were fantastic. So uh, let's give a shout-out for uh, the ancestors of the American Indians and within ourselves. And, and uh, understand that uh, we are influenced by so much more than we could ever imagine. That psyche or the unconscious is much more powerful and is running the show, whether we're even the most conscious person in the world, um, still be, that's, it's still operating from that place. So when we understand that the human being who is doing uh, the work, as it's called, but it's the work of removing his shadow from his neighbor, it's doing immense political and social importance. It's just, It's immense it's one less person and we can start to see and we've got some creative energy to work with so when we begin to understand that it's pretty cool because the the power we're talking billions of years of information is deep within at different levels now of course it can't all come up at once because you go crazy Um, And sometimes we go temporarily crazy, which is what the Persephone uh, woman or or anima in a male uh, can, can fear, so aware of what is not being said. But you need to understand something that's very, very important. You need to be lonely to go into the depths of the unconscious. Or, and put it in another way, you need to be lonely to help the unconscious to become strong. When we go through periods of loneliness, if we can be still and not freak out and not desperately get on the phone and try to connect and do all that kind of stuff, we can realize that if we can be still long enough in that that it is in the loneliness and in the stillness of that loneliness, uh, the unconscious becomes much more active and we become aware of what is going on there. So uh, very often, right before you're ready to create, you need to go through a period, sometimes it stays, for some people it could be months, of, of just being alone or the loneliness can produce such a longing to create. So it's a very important ingredient and should not be shunned or fixed immediately. It's a call. It's a call from the underworld. It's a call from the unconscious. Because in that loneliness, the... uh, You know, we don't have so much ego going on. And then the power of, uh, and the images and the symbols that are in the depth of our psyche kind of starts to load up and we can start having dreams that uh, are very informative. And we can start to have uh, even outer experiences or in the stillness. We realize, like, Wow, I never noticed that before. So when a person, particularly a Persephone type or that Persephone aspect of ourselves, it's a a very rare and it's an exceptional um, kind of spirit uh, because when we're in touch with that, that level of sensitivity, it goes very deep and therefore capable of greater psychological suffering, which can be a very is a very that can be is a very good thing if we have a little bit of a handle on what it means and what are we doing so that's what we're attempting to do here is to look at how does one face a descent into one's own inner world, which is not dark. It's not a dark world. It's a world that is lit by an other kind of light. In the bright and upper world, what makes us blinded to its opposite is that the light is too bright. You know, we, we want light, we want lightness, we want all of this, but it blinds us from where the plot is, where the raw material is, where the divine within is. So we need the balance, which is... Probably the most important part of of, uh, of any inner work is really working with the opposites within ourselves. And that does take a lifetime. So we we don't have to worry about running out of material. We will not be running out of any material. So... The the people are afraid of the depth of the dark or the unconscious. uh, uh, They think it's destructive. Well, it's destructive if we don't have a sense of what we're doing. We need to go with caution and etiquette, so to speak, and the right attitude. So the Persephone part of us knows that. Remember, she goes in, core, K-O-R-E, a girl. She comes out a queen. So I'm curious as to what are those initiation rites or what was going on within that world that gave her her own sovereignty. And a woman receives her sovereignty when there's an integration of dark and light within herself above and below virgin mother crone this is also true for the male's animal so to, in order to have that we need to understand what uh, you know what that world is and I think all these Scary, uh, you know, and also Twilight of the Gods and all that kind of stuff is very important because it's showing us that there are other worlds. I mean, I wish they wouldn't make it as you know, terrifying. It's much more magical. But when you're fearful, the, f- the fear scrambles everything. We're seeing our own fear. But when we, when we have a clearer uh, acceptance or a willingness... we can then begin to understand that this is a continuation, that this is an aspect within our own self. So when Persephone, you know, she lives kind of a double life, she's so psychically attuned to realities that she fears and are denied by most people. So often she feels like she's in a living hell. Why do I feel this? Believe me, I know this one. You know, why do I feel this? or Why do I see that and nobody else? And, and uh, why can't you be light and merry and superficial? Uh, it's, it's difficult when you really know other things are going on. And it's terrible uh, when there's no information given what takes place. So when... She goes into this psychic awareness. She's aware of what is unknown within herself and within others. So she can't have a lot of fun at parties. She's going to spill the beans by mistake. And she'll pick up the forbidden thoughts. So that can be a silent hell. If a person has a strong Persephone, they'll go sit in a chair that, you know, somebody else always sits in when they're depressed. I mean, we all have our habits. We usually go one place or another. Uh, She's going to pick up that depression. She's going to pick up that worry. She'll assume it's hers. She doesn't realize it's like being a psychic sponge, and she's part of that. Now, we can't be freaked out and afraid of everything that's going on. Uh, and the negative with others. Just like we're walking in the street now in in New York, there is so much psychic fear. It's like, whoa. Now, the positive thing is if that, that fear can then be taken because people are very in touch, which they don't know about themselves. Now, if that could just be observed a little more, it's not one's absolute truth. But there's something going on where uh, the collective is making a descent into the underworld. And if we go with a little bit of consciousness, a lot of great good can come out of all of this. Not because somebody else is doing it, but it's because we are observing and integrating opposites within ourselves, and so the, the the first kind of it's the Persephone can very much have the seduction of the spirit the spirit world you know up and and over a lot of uh, it's a lot of anorexia you know I just don't want to take in the substance or I want to go up into spirit uh, so but the one who is going to Help her is her dark husband, Hades or Pluto, because it's that wisdom that is so important. Her transformation comes from beneath, from the lower depths of the soul, not from the higher reaches of spirit. And it also tells you that Mama isn't, can't help, you know. The other part is, is uh, the all-loving mother, which can be overwhelming and devouring. She has a defense uh, against going into the descent because uh, there's the all-loving mother who says, No, darling, you, don't, you just be your princess herself. And all will be well. But meanwhile, something's going to happen externally to to separate that uh, relationship, so that the child or the young woman can make her descent. Now it doesn't matter about age. I mean, you can make a descent at any time, all right? Uh, or we have to separate from the mother or the the needing of the mother. Just like in relationships so often, in relationships, we want the man to be our mother. We don't even realize we're doing it. And He definitely doesn't know what we're talking about. But if she makes her descent, or if we make our descent into the abyss, something else is going to happen. Because we shed the ego. And so our innocence and our, our, our maidenly innocence, uh, which is, you know, I don't want to see that. I want it to be all nice and pretty and, and uh, happy. And I want everything I want, but life doesn't fly that way. So the, that innocence must be sacrificed. And that's also when our prayers aren't answered, or actually they're answered and it's like, no, no. You need, you need this. You don't need that. Now, as shocking as that is to the part of us that says, well, of course, uh, I should have anything and everything that I want, all right? But sometimes it's no, which means time for the descent. You may get in it, maybe the prize you get on your way up or you need to, you know, you're, you're praying for something or you're longing for something that you don't have the depth and the maturity to contain, which happens a lot in relationships. The wishing and the longing for the relationship, and yet there's not enough of a desire for maturity to hold that relationship. We need to know How to love. Getting love is one thing. Knowing how to love is a completely other part. And it's not just love of oneself. Love of oneself isn't just uh, making ourselves happy, it's also love of the shadow and understanding that uh, there before the grace of God go I. So, as Persephone, she gets married in the underworld, she finds love in the underworld, she finds union union with parts of ourselves that have great powers but we don't know what they're about because we want the limited world of the upper world what you see is what you get well that's not much fun so her descent will break apart the limitation of the light world doesn't destroy it. It says, yes, okay. Now that you know what the world of light is about, now we need to go into the world of the darkness, the unknown. Now, there's a lot of bad press about darkness. But without darkness, there's, there's, we can't see any images. So the woman who... Um, is about ready to go into uh, the depth of herself. And as we, we can do this, in a sense, to have an encounter with Hades, okay, or have an encounter with Pluto. We can just start by uh, the silence, or if we feel that loneliness coming on, just be with it. And the anxiety sometimes of getting lonely is the anxiety and the anticipatory anxiety that we get of something is about to happen to me that I cannot control. The anxiety isn't necessarily danger. The ego feels it is danger, like, whoa, I don't want to go there. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to take, you know, it's the other person's fault or whatever we're up to, instead of, wait a second, I feel myself going in to a place that's kind of funky, uh, but it's mine. And this continues even when we leave the planet, this transformation and these worlds. And these dimensions and psyche, it's eternal. so it's not an eternal bliss it is it's it's an awareness, and I think that's part of what like what incarnating is about, you know is to really come here uh, to, to this exquisite earth to understand matter, to understand form, to understand the form of creation, and then we get to. Uh, play with it and work with it, or in some cases, destroy it. And we get to see what it's about here. It's concretized here. But on another level, it's it's total illusion. It's not real. It's what we're working with. So when we are having our little... uh, Journey and descent into the underworld. You know, the first step is just like, whoops. But we can learn how to go back and go deeper and go deeper. It could also be an active descent, meaning we're creating or we're dancing or we're, you know, we're using that energy to write a poem. but we're leaving the world in the form of of spiritual pride and inflation. There's nothing like a tour of duty in the underworld to wipe that little smile of inflation right off our faces, right? It's like, whoa! And when when we're too filled with spirit, that's hubris. And the gods don't go for that. So... As we're moving into the, let's say, the first stage, she is... Um, she, well, of course, it comes as, like, a surprise part. She's shocked. Then, for billions of years, each season, she goes into the underworld... To regain her sovereignty. Now, if you knew for certain that you could go into the underworld or parts of yourself that were unknown, and even though we may call those that depression or misery or uh, introversion, whatever we want to call it, but that was actually the place to gain sovereignty. Have a very very different attitude. We might even have sacred times and places to give ourselves this, or groups to give this, and have a completely different attitude towards the unknown. And very often, we're dropped into, you know, a. a, a dark place, an unknown place, because we won't take responsibility for our power. And what we really do know, it's like, nah, I don't want to know that man. I don't want to carry that person. It's way too heavy. Let other people or like in, in uh, Robert Johnson in a gold where he talks about, you know, we project our gold onto others. And where is the gold? The gold's in the underworld. Where's the diamond? It's in the underworld. That's the symbol of the self, the diamond. All right? So when we begin to make that first step into the, to, to the becoming sovereign, that first initiation, we do die to what we thought was absolutely pure truth, or this is the way that it is. It all comes as a shock. And also, you know, this is a way for those that uh, see the world in terms of the principle of karma. uh, This is what the karma is about. We we can actually be transmuting karma, which is an all-embracing law. The self is one and is, and karma is the law. So when we can do this, you know, it works on multiple levels. It's a deep spiritual transformation to work with this in comic, a way to comically. We don't have to meet our karma in our enemy. We meet it in this mystery, and part of the mystery is the silence, to know, to will, to dare, and to be silent. One of the most important uh, axioms of uh, the esoteric. So when we go into these places, it's these quiet transformational mysteries, and we're also going into the Mother Earth. He's within the Mother Earth, the creative principle, not some bad boy demon. It's a creative principle. There's a lot of creativity going on there, and we're 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 kept away from that mystery uh, by naming it hell or that something terrible is going to happen. So if we say, well, let's kind of let's look at it in another way. Let's look at what our ancient ones knew. So next week, see you then. Bye.